T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Milwaukee. Start your engines. It's time to talk about all things racing. NASCAR, IndyCar, trucks, and Formula One. This is the Final Inspection Show with Steve Zaki, Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. Now, it's Final Inspection on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Here's Steve Zaki. And welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Lots of stuff happening down in Daytona. Of course, it's the start of Speed Weeks, and that means uh, finally we get some racing on TV. Uh, Fox Sports 1 is uh, kind of your place to be, especially today, for auto racing at Daytona with uh, lots of practice for the Clash upcoming, and then also the ARCA race. Coming up uh, after the show here, make sure you tune in for that. And uh, kind of interesting story there as uh, Natalie Decker from Eagle River, Wisconsin, uh, is here a pole winner uh, driving for Venturini Motorsports, which is probably one of the leading teams in the ARCA series. And for those not familiar with ARCA, uh, I like to think ARCA is kind of like a single A ball, I guess you could say. You could say Cup Series is major leagues, and then uh, the uh, Xfinity Series is. Uh, is like triple a truck series, maybe double a, and then Arca series would be like your, uh, single a ball, but a very competitive series. Uh, Oz, uh, been a fan of that series and they've been racing down in Daytona since the mid sixties is kind of like the setup, uh, as a kind of a springboard race for speed weeks. And, uh, she's on the pole over Zane Smith, uh, both running Toyotas. Uh, Leilani Muter is uh, qualified fifth. Of course, she's been running in the series off and on uh, for for a, a few years now. She's uh, very, very active on social media. Uh, some of the other ones, uh, Tom Hessert is uh, qualified 10th, former USAC driver who's been in the series now for a few years. He's also running for uh, the Venturini Motorsports, as is Michael Self out of Salt Lake uh, City, Utah. Uh, Sheldon Creed. You may have heard he's run some uh, ARCA races, of course, last year, and also the Xfinity Series, and also uh, the uh, Robbie Gordon's Off-Road Truck Series, a very entertaining series that also races some of the road courses, along with the IndyCar Series, such as Long Beach, and will be coming to Road America this this summer. So make sure you check uh, those guys out. A lot of fun. It's actually uh, a series which is... I'd say more entertaining actually in uh, in person. Uh, I remember I was down in Long Beach a couple of years ago. I'm sitting in uh, having lunch with Tony DeZeno, and I hear these engines, you know, roaring up, which is not unusual at a uh, at a racetrack. And you hear this rumbling, and then you hear this, and they're going over the jumps. I'm like, wait a second, we got jumps here. I got to check this out. It is quite entertaining. So it should be interesting to see when they run uh, down at Road America this summer. 
also running uh, in uh, that series, of course, is Mark Thompson. And Mark Thompson is doing a double. He's going to uh, be running in the ARCA series uh, today and also in, uh, will be attempting to, I believe, qualify also for the same uh, team with Carl Long uh, in the Cup series. So he'll be uh, running in the, the Daytona 500 and the ARCA series today. In other news around, we have uh, IndyCars are also doing their spring training out in in Phoenix. It's entertaining, not on TV, but uh, as more and more, is if you have a smart TV in that, there's a lot more options for you out there, and they do coverage. Uh, I was watching a bit of it last night uh, in between shows, IndyCar series on YouTube, uh, YouTube Live, uh, which you can get through either your Facebook app or on your in your uh, a smart TV, and the coverage is not too bad. You know, I mean, it's it's not a full TV setup with you know eight cameras and everything, but they usually have uh, two two uh, cameras out, mounted up high, and then maybe one or two TV uh, cameras in the uh, pits uh, interviewing uh, people, and it's uh, not, it's not a bad show. It's actually a pretty pretty interesting show, and a lot of series on if you know for if for your if you're interested in a, like a hardcore series. I get a real deep uh, NASCAR fan in that. There's a lot of stuff on YouTube and whatnot on the NASCAR channel. You can look up little snippets and, and on the other series too, such as IMSA and uh, USAC. Uh, if you're a USAC Sprint Car fan, Silver Crown fan, Midget fan in that, uh, they've been doing a lot more on YouTube. Now, I'm just hoping they can uh, get themselves a TV contract to, to supplement their uh, um, status on YouTube. That would really help that series out. But with um, the IndyCar series out in in uh, Phoenix, it was uh, Takuma Sato posted the fastest lap around the uh, one-mile oval at 187 miles an hour. And uh, the cars look good. It's a new car this year. Same tub, but it's a new aero package. And uh, I guess you could call it a, 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 a throwback kind of look to it. It kind of looks like a... Uh, uh, a bit of a Raynard, you could say, or a Lola back in the 1990s, uh, especially with the engine cowling. The airbox is gone. The, um, the the pods behind the wheel are gone, which really didn't help uh, what they were intended to do anyways. And uh, I think it's a much sleeker, better-looking car than the, the old cars, which seemed a little big and bulky. But these are a lot sleeker. But there, there's still enough... Uh, body area for sponsors and whatnot and uh, a lot of the cars are looking looking pretty good also impressive in that was uh aj foyt racing who had uh, two cars in the top 10 so uh we're going to take a quick break and we'll we're either uh be going back to uh, dennis michelson and laurie monroe for their race predictions or with uh denny hartwig from chicagoland speedway uh when we come back on the final inspection show And welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Let's go check back in with uh, Dennis Michelson and Laurie Monroe as we get their 2018 NASCAR predictions on the Final Inspection Show. Okay, Laurie Monroe, the start of a brand new season. Are we going to see a new champion this year, do you think? 
who do you think's got the edge going to Daytona this year? To me, it's absolutely impossible to predict. You've got the new Camaro. Um, I I just don't know. It, it's anybody's game, in my opinion. I could throw out who I would like to, to see win. But yeah, until we see people on the track and what they can do, and you've got so many of these young guys in here now, and all of our oldsters have went away. Well, I wonder what Matt Kenseth is doing right now, by the way. You just don't know until you actually get, you know, you see some practice. And then the Daytona 500 itself is just a crapshoot. That doesn't depict what's going to happen for the rest of the year. You just don't know. And I suppose in a way, that's how it should be. That's what NASCAR wants. It can be anybody's game. But uh, quite frankly, I really, I do not have a clue. It is going to be interesting. There is a changing of the guard with so many new faces in new places this year. And so much of the old guard that has sort of been weeded out over the last three or four years. But the more things change in NASCAR, the more they stay the same. I really expect Martin Truex Jr. and his team to come out with a bit of a chip on their shoulder again this year. And again, show this dominance early on. Maybe not at Daytona. You're right. That's a whole different race. Heck, Derek Cope won it one time and... Now, of course, Derek Cope also has a charter for the whole season. I'm still having a hard time with that fact. But when it comes to the real races, I think Martin Truex Jr. and his team are, again, going to be the ones to beat. Well, it's what we know. It's how we left off last year. They were so strong. Why would you bet against him? I think it'd be crazy, too. When it comes to the rookies, is there anybody that you're looking at and you're saying, man, this is the guy that has the chance to be the big story and the big upsetter this year? For the rookies, no. For the quote-unquote young guns, yes. And to me, all of all of my attention goes to Ryan Blaney. I think he was an unsung hero last year. Sure, he got a win. But still, all of the F- emphasis keeps going to Chase Elliott. Oh, Chase Elliott, this, that. And now William Byron, oh, he should be really, really good. I just really think that Ryan Blaney has been has been overlooked. I, I really do. I know he's got a great following, but he just has that he just has that old school spirit. He can get the job done on the track. He's going to be with Penske in in full fledged this year. I am really really excited to see what's going to happen with him. I just hope the cutting of his hair isn't like one of these Samson things that <laughs> loses all of his all of his oomph. But um, I really think I really think he'll be a guy to watch this year. Of the rookies, who do you have mm-hmm. the most faith in that'll have a really good season? Well, again, faith, hoping. I don't know. Uh, William Byron. Everybody thinks so highly of him, and he does seem to be so smooth, so seasoned. He seems he seems to almost behave older than he is. So I guess I'll probably jump on that bandwagon. He uh, he just seems to be so polished for such a young guy. I'm really looking forward to seeing which one of the young guns steps up because I really do think NASCAR needs a big story for this season. They need something good to be coming out in the early weeks of this season. I I think they just need something really exciting to happen. Well, how much more excitement can you get if if say say William Byron goes out there and wins the Daytona 500? That still won't be enough. 
Like, honestly, it never, it's never enough. I don't know why. It is going to be interesting to see all the changes that are taking place. See, you know, will Casey Kane go back to overproducing for his car like he used to back in the day before he went to Hendrick? You know, will the new guys crash and burn? Will Bubba <laughs> Wallace be able to do better than Eric Almirola? Will Eric Almirola all of a sudden turn into one of the top drivers over there uh, in the Cup Series now that he's moved to Stuart Haas? There are so many mysteries going yeah. into this season. And it's almost like you could just mix them all up and, and throw them out randomly. Uh, it's going to be very interesting to see what develops this year. Yeah, it'll be fun. There's so many unknowns. And, of course, we've got Danica Patrick in her last uh, NASCAR race. I, I don't really have any huge expectations there. But uh, I hope they give her some sort of a nice send-off, at least have something, have all the fans in the stands who hate her at least hold up a thank you Danica sign or something like that. I'd like to thank Dennis uh, Michelson and Lori Monroe for their contribution today. And uh, looking forward to more from them as we uh as we'll take a quick break here when we come back we'll we'll be talking with denny hartwig of chicagoland speedway checking in and seeing what's happening to the track to the south of us coming up next on the final inspection show This is Final Inspection with Steve Zockey. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. On 105.7 FM, The Fan. Hey, welcome back to the Final Inspection Show. Brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. And joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, it is Denny Hartwig from Chicagoland Speedway. Welcome to the show, Denny. Hey, how's it going, guys? Been doing fantastic. Things are starting to ramp up for racing fans with uh, the Speed Weeks uh, starting this week. And, of course, we got a ARCA race this afternoon, the Clash tomorrow. And then, of course, the Daytona 500 uh, coming next Saturday or Sunday, I should say. Um, and, uh, of course, you guys have uh, the Cup race July 1st, uh, the Overton's 400. But Chicagoland Speedway is more than just a NASCAR race, isn't it? Yeah, it's a it's a, a big weekend, and, and we're really excited to bring on um, to partner with Overton's. You know, they're a, they're a big water sports uh, business, and you know they they offer more than uh, fifty thousand different products. And I think it's going to bring a, a little different flair to that weekend. I think uh, moving back two months from our uh, original September weekend, going back to to this new date is going to be exciting for us. And we look forward to uh, to seeing if Martin Truex Jr. can now win his third consecutive. Uh, win here at chicagoland because no one's done that so far so yeah we're 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 really excited about it we hope uh everyone come out and and enjoy the weekend there's definitely a, a lot of camp, camping good times to be had yeah and i i always said the chicagoland speedway for the fans is one of the best sight lines of any of the tracks uh i mean there, there's not a bad seat in the place and i've i've, I've had the opportunity to sit in the stands uh been in a, in a couple of the suites and it it's it's amazing how well you can see the 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 whole track and and uh what what kind of feedback do 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 you get from the fans on that yeah i i th i think you know there's not a, a bad seat in the house fans can can see the entire race uh you know we're we're notorious for having the, the bumps in the racetrack i know the racers always talk about that so we're we're l lucky to have that but i think the whole camping experience and moving back to you know closer to, we're going to be the kickoff 
for the uh, 4th of July weekend. So the Stars and Stripes theme thematic is going to be in full full effect that weekend. And we uh, I think we offer something that, you know, we're um, something something for everybody. You know, there, it's 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 a good time. So, like I said, I, I encourage people to come on out and, and check it out. If you haven't been, this is this is a once in a lifetime, definitely a bucket list experience. In fact, yeah, yeah. If you go camping that weekend, I mean, there there's a race every day, isn't there, at Chicagoland Speedway throughout that weekend? Yeah. So we'll kick off the weekend with with the ARCA race, and then we'll go into uh, the the truck series, the Xfinity series, and then. It'll culminate with the, the the Cup Series, and it's going to be. I think this year is going to be a little bit different. You know, uh, the, all, all these young up and coming kids, the, uh, Ryan Blaney, Chase Elliott, all these guys are looking to make a name for themselves, and it's going to be. It's 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 a it's. It, I think it's a new time in the sport. It's uh, it's a refreshing. We got Monster Energy involved, so there's 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 going to be a little bit of something for everybody. And then for those of our fans uh, that are in the area, in the Chicagoland area, or maybe towards the border, you guys are actually having a Daytona 500 viewing party on February 18th, aren't you? Yeah, we sure are. That's 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 going to be fun. And I, I also uh, I'd um, like to point out that the um, Martin Truex Jr. We have a promotion going. If you go to ChicagolandSpeedway.com and uh, check out our promotion that we're doing with uh, Martin Truex Jr. If he wins the Daytona 500. There's an opportunity for fans to get their tickets for free, so go ch- go check that out. And uh, if you're if you're around town and, and you can't make it down to Daytona, check out the viewing party. Well, that's a pretty good deal. So if he wins, the what, the tickets are free. If true, wow, I just saw that on your website. That's a pretty good deal. So yeah, a lot we, of we 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 did it last year. We tried it for the first time last year with Dale Jr. And unfortunately, he didn't win, but it, it stirred up a lot of buzz with some of the local media and, and national media. And it's a good opportunity for for certainly for fans to get engaged. And um, I, I encourage people to to go check that out. And if, if they're going to come to the race anyways, this is a good way to get a benefit for their tickets. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's a pretty cool deal because. Uh... <laughs> When he gets towards the, you know, if uh, Martin Truex or last year when Earnhardt Jr. is getting towards the the lead there, or taking the league, I bet you it started to get rowdy there, didn't it? <laughs> oh heck yeah! Well, especially with the insurance company. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was it was uh, uh, it was an exciting deal, and it just adds a little bit little extra flavor to the event. And um, we, we you know we're we're big. Martin Truex is a, a great ambassador for the sport as the reigning champion. We certainly uh, we support him and, and and hope that he can he can do it again this year. And he's never won the 500, so that that adds a little extra spice in that whole event too. Excellent. Well, it sounds like a fun time. Any, any, anything else we need to touch on, Denny? No, I I just think you know come on out. It's it's a great time. Camp take in the event. We're um, Stay in touch with ChicagolandSpeedway.com. Well, we're going to announce our, our country music act um, for the pre-race concert, and it's just a it's a good weekend. It's a you know for for us, we're lucky we're not competing with Chicago Bears, um, college football, all of that stuff. So moving back to that July first weekend for our our Cup races is going to be good for us. And come on out and, and have a good time with us. Yeah, there's an opportunity if you camp out there to see four races. Of course, on the 28th is the ARCA Series, the Scott 150. And then on the 29th, you got the Camping uh, World Truck Series, the Overton's 225. And then the next day, you got the Xfinity Series with the Overton's 300, uh, culminating with the Overton's 400 
on July 1st at Chicagoland Speedway. Denny, we appreciate it, and uh, make sure to check out Chicagoland Speedway. Or what's the phone number they can be reached at? Uh, there's a, a uh, you know what, go to the website. That'd probably be the best place. I don't okay. have a number <laughs> off, off, oh. off the top of my head. But, yeah, go to the website, ChicagolandSpeedway.com, and uh, check out everything we have to offer. And I think uh, I think there, there's a good time to be had by everyone. All right. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. That's Denny Hartwig, Director of Communications for Chicagoland Speedway. Make sure you check out their uh, website at chicagolandspeedway.com for the latest at Chicagoland Speedway. Appreciate it. When we come back, we'll be talking with Formula One analyst, a former, I guess I should say, analyst, analyst David Hobbs. I caught up with him last week in Chicago. This is Final Inspection with Steve Zockey. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. On 105.7 FM, The Fan. And welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you, of course, by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. And, of course, David Hobbs Honda, 6100 North Green Bay Road. In fact, I'm sitting here in Chicago with David Hobbs. David, welcome to the show. Thank you, Steve. Always good to be on your show. And, uh, yeah, good to, good to see you. And uh, there's some news with the dealership, with the expansion. How's that coming? Well, because it's, you know... Uh, it got so far, then of course it came to the customary winter halt. Right. But uh, come you know March time or maybe end of March, they'll you know start to black top it, put all the light lighting in, and uh, we've drugged the retention pond, cleared out all the scrub, so it's all ready to go. Excellent. Of course, more than enough uh, room for customers to come down look at all the new and used cars there at, at David Hobbs Honda. Yeah, the whole idea really is you know we had a lot of frontage which we sold some off a couple of years back and. Um, we needed more storage space, and there was a piece of land came behind us. And uh, my son Greg, you know, who runs it now, I mean, he um, he did a deal on that, and uh, we cleared it out. And some uh, a, a group of uh, condos going up there, old old folks' home is going up there, and uh, so we took some land behind them that they didn't need, but it's very useful for us. And uh, as you say, it'll give more display space. A lot of lighting is going to be out there, and uh, so yeah, big good spot. Of course, the other news is your upcoming book, which is going to be released in March at Amelia Island, Hobo. Tell us about that. Well, Hobo has taken a long time to write. Margaret Hobbs, Mrs. Hobbs, uh, to me and you, has um, always insisted that I should write a, a story of my story. Um, and I started with Bob Varsha many years ago and uh, finished off with... Um, Andrew Marriott, who's a British uh, reporter and writer, you've probably seen him on Fox Sports, he does a lot of pit reporting, um, and he and I kind of finish it together, and it's been published in Britain by Evro Publishing, and will be available at Amelia Island on uh, March the 10th and 11th, and then uh, the week after that we're going over to England to do the uh, British launch at the RAC Club in Pall Mall, which is a very posh joint in uh, downtown London, and um, then over the year I should be selling it at various points, We'll obviously have some of the dealership uh, to sell. And, of course, uh, I shall be going to races like the uh, IndyCar race at Road America, Brian Redmond's vintage race in July there, and, and other venues around the country to try and uh, sell the book. Now, was there any peer pressure? Of course, I had John Fitzpatrick on last year, and then Brian Redmond had his book out. Was there peer pressure from those two to get your booking gear? Absolutely. Both of them have uh, been very insistent I should do it. Brian has done extremely well with his book. I mean, I think he sold about 7,000 copies, which for a racing book, 
That's very good. It's a lot. Uh, and uh, Evro, who, who also publishes book, are very proud of that. So now there is the unwritten challenge. Uh, obviously, I have to try and sell more than 7,000 of these books, um, which probably will be a challenge. But, um, you know, we've got a lot of TV fans still who hopefully will remember me for at least one more year. Uh, and maybe they'll uh, maybe I'll find some buyers there. But, yeah, I mean, there's, there's always a challenge. You know, we're down here this weekend in Chicago with Johnny Rutherford, who brought his book out not that long ago, mm -hmm. Lone Star JR, which of course is a good read. And uh, so, yeah, there's a lot, there's lots of peer pressure from all sorts of sides to get the thing done and make it a good one. Now, putting the book together, it's it's been a, a a long journey. But is there any one story or something that someone brought up in doing research and looking over old photos and whatnot that you said, oh, I totally forgot about that? Well, there are quite a few th things that, in the end, I have left out, which probably is a bit of a bummer. Uh, so I suppose, like Derek Bell, who's about to write another book, he wrote a book oh, a long time ago, 10 or 15 years ago. So maybe I'll just have to write another one down the road to pull in the stories I forgot in this one. <laughs> There's a, a lot, a lot, a lot of stories. Uh, I know you and I sat down about 15 years ago and did a uh, interview and there's a lot of stuff that uh, we, we talked about, especially pertaining to the American side and the, the IndyCar side. And, of course, uh, you being down here in Chicago with Johnny Rutherford, you were teammates with them at Team McLaren. Uh, tell us how that came about with the Carly and Black Label and, and, and now, Johnny and everything Final inspection McLaren. turns to Formula One expert well, and author of the Well, it's a bit of a long story, but in 1973, I'd raced for Roy Woods, and he had stumbled on this Carling Black Label sponsorship. And uh, they were out of Canada. And they sponsored him on everything. They had. A, they sponsored a Can-Am team, a Formula 5000 team, and an IndyCar team. And he wanted me to drive all of them. Uh, but I couldn't because I was already committed to drive for Carl Hogan in Formula 5000. And so Tony Adamowicz drove the 5000. But I drove the IndyCar and I drove the Can-Am car. And, you know, in the Can-Am, of course, we were coming into the tail end of, of the the first series go-round. Uh, but I had the most wonderful car. I had a McLaren M20, which was the very last McLaren, which Peter Rebson had driven the year before. And, of course, the year before, 1972, was when the Penske Porsche showed up and absolutely blew away the field with George Falmer. Uh, and by 1973, they had an even more impressive weapon, the 1730, which was just incredible, 1,500 horsepower for qualifying. Uh, and obviously the McLaren with the Chev engine was no match for that. And um, probably had one of my best ever races ever in a 73 was uh, coming second to Donahue at uh, Watkins Glen in the Can-Am car. And um, I beat about seven of these Porsche 917 turbos. So at the end of that year, I think Carling Black Label thought, oh my God, you know, we've overspent. And, you know, so they pulled away, pulled off for racing. However, they contacted me again and said, look, we were very impressed with the Indy 500. I did the Indy 500 for um, Black Label with the Roy Woods car and Eagle. And we were running very well. Unfortunately, about halfway through the race, the car just stopped going down the back straight. And after about a 10-lap stop, we, f the, uh, we found out that the um, magneto drive had broken, put a new magneto in, boom, off I went again, passing people right, left and centre, and I came 10th. Uh, anyway, Carling had been very impressed with all the people, because of India, you know, how can you not be impressed with 350,000 people? 
uh, and all their distributors have liked it. And obviously the beer company depends on their distributors. Uh, they're a big part of the selling process. So they said, we'll do, we'll do another year with you uh, at Indy. We'd like to do another year with you at Indy. And um, the, you know, we took the sponsorship proposal to McLaren. And uh, they ran a second car. Johnny Rutherford ran his car, which had no sponsorship. And my car had the Carling Black Label sponsorship. And um, Johnny had um, some misfortunes in qualifying and started right near the back. And anyway, he went on to win his first win after the, about 15 starts. Uh, and I came fifth. So it was a pretty good day for McLaren. Uh, the Carling Black Label people loved it. Not that they ever came back again, but they, they certainly got their money's worth there, they felt. And um, so that's how I came to drive the Carling Black Label car twice at Indy uh, and only once everywhere else. One of the best-looking cars, too, yeah. uh, that were out there. A lot of fans always remember that car and then the striking uh, black and red and white uh, livery on that. Is and really, really uh, Formula One, and uh, I guess it's the same question I had for you last year, can anybody beat Mercedes? Well, the Ferrari vibes through the winter have been very strong. We've heard various people from Ferrari come out and say the machine this year is terrific. Um, obviously, they're bound to say that. And as always, we really won't know until the first test, which is at the end of this month, end of February, in uh, Barcelona. And there's, uh, what, a four-day test, and then there's another four-day test straight on top of that. And all will be revealed in that testing. But I would think Mercedes, they looked very, very strong last year. The Ferrari was very strong to start with. Then they had a bit of a fade, and then Vettel got himself into trouble at Azerbaijan by running into... Um, Hamilton on a on a uh, caution lap, and really blotted his copybook, and I think it upset him um, mentally because he must have thought, "What the hell was I thinking of? What we know?" And he went off the boil a little bit there, and um, Ferrari took the, I mean uh, Mercedes took grip of the situation and, and suddenly swamped everybody. Um, I think we can expect some uh, good results too from Williams with a couple of rookie drivers. We'll have to see how they do. And, of course, Red Bull are very strong. Adrian Newey designs the most amazing cars. And, of course, Max Verstappen, who's still only 19, um, I think will be a strong fit. I'm sure he'll win some races next year. Will he win enough to win the championship? Don't know. But I think it should be a better championship this year between Mercedes, Ferrari and Red Bull. In a little bit of controversy uh, about a month ago, when I think it was Gerhard Steiner from uh, Haas Formula One mentioned about, he's mentioned about, is there an American driver ready for F1? And he took a little bit of criticism, and uh, I'll, I'll, I'll let the, the listeners know what my opinions of that. But uh, David, what are yours? Uh, what's, what's your opinion on that about American American driver ready to step in a Formula One car? Well, I sort of in a, I agree with him in some ways. Um, I mean, Graham Rahal was very upset. But, I mean, for instance, Graham Rahal is a terrific driver and is the equal of a lot of the Formula 1 drivers, for absolute sure. But he is over 30 years old, and he's way too late to start in Formula 1. I think Gunter Steiner kind of didn't describe it very well. Um, but, obviously, there are a lot of young American drivers coming up through the ranks. And, um, unfortunately, Formula 1 is kind of... Um, it's not a stereotype as such, but it, the fact is that you've got to be right on the rung of the ladder early on. So somebody has got to be prepared to go to England uh, or Italy and live from the age of about 14, 12 or 14 on 
to do all that European uh, early racing. All of the ladders, the rungs of the ladder are all based in Europe. So you've got to do Formula 3, GP3, GP2, and then to try and get into Formula 1. And you have to follow that protocol. And I don't see a way out of breaking that. So a young driver has got to be prepared. And of course, at 12 or 13, how, how good do you know you are? You know, how confident are you? So you, you've got to have a lot of backing, financial backing, uh, and you've got to be, as you have in every form of racing, you've got to be dead lucky too. But, I mean, I think there are going to be plenty of Americans around who, who could do very, very well in Formula 1, for sure. Yeah, I totally agree. I think you know, we had a few that, that tried to go through the ladder series but just didn't make it all the way through, like Danica tried and then aborted her attempt. Uh, then we had Connor Daly most recently, and then Scott Speed. Now, Newgarden, I think, would be probably the best candidate right now because well, of his did, youth. He did GP3 for a right. year. So he knows a lot of circuits. He knows his way around. But, you know, you're, you're Joseph Newgarden, you've just won the IndyCar Championship for Roger Penske, who's probably paying him some pretty good money. Why would you jeopardize that or, or throw the dice big time and say, no, I'm going to go and try and make it big in Formula 1? Uh, and, you know, you might fall on your face. So he's way better off doing what he's doing. I think it's it's really easy when you're somebody sitting in you know, Ohio behind a keyboard thinking, yeah, he should make this decision. But if you're the driver and there's financial implications involved, I mean, that's quite a financial risk. To if you're Joseph Newgarden, you're finally making decent money after being underpaid basically throughout his career. Oh, I couldn't agree more. I mean, for him, it would be an enormous risk. I mean, I would love to see Joseph Newgarden in Formula One because I think he would be an instant fit. But it's no good him going off the drive, say a um, you know even a Force India. I mean, he be he needs to be jumping into a Ferrari or a Mercedes or a McLaren with the new Renault engine, which they're hoping is going to bring them success this year, or a Red Bull. And that is not going to happen. That just won't happen. He's not going to displace somebody there now. And unless he drives one of those cars, there's no good him driving some car that is already a backmarker, because all he'll do is just be a slightly better backmarker. I think uh, looking back, you know, if you want to look back about 10, 15, or now even 20 years, I think the one guy who, one driver that could have really put F1 on his ear would have been Alonzer Jr. I think Alonzer Jr., he went for a test, was staggeringly fast. The other guy that would have been very good was Jeff Gordon, who tried a Formula 1 car, did that comparison test between a Formula 1 and a NASCAR with Montoya back, what, eight or nine years ago now. Um, and even then, I mean, Jeff was in his mid-30s and just instantly got to, got to handle that car. So I think someone like Jeff Gordon, uh, Tony Stewart would have been a great, because both those kids came up through the single-seater series, and I think they would have been terrific for, in Formula 1. One of my favorite stories is uh, when he, when uh, Gordon got into Montoya's car, Montoya told him, you know, when you won't believe the braking power in these cars, and you got to tighten up your neck muscles. And Jeff Gordon's like, okay, whatever. And he goes down home and straight, full bore, gets on the brakes, and he has a, you know, he grays out. He almost blacks out because all the blood rushed from his head. It's one of my favorite stories about driving a modern F1 car, which, of course, is. It's almost impossible for a regular person off the street, even if he's in generally in shape, I think, to drive an F1 car uh, at, at full speed, isn't it? Well, it is extremely difficult to maintain the, the, the speed because your physical fitness is absolutely paramount. I mean, you've got to be physically fit to do any sort of road racing, 
or any sort of racing. But Formula One, those guys, they're all little because the teams absolutely demand we can't have the weight from the right. driver, we can't have the weight from the driver. So you've got to be, you know, you're around about 120 pounds. So you're a little guy, uh, but you have to have terrific strength, uh, especially in the upper torso, your neck, your shoulders, your upper arms. And, um, and just to hold yourself up in those cars is pretty uh, tough going. So they generate huge amounts of G-force. You know, they generate up to seven G's on braking, yeah, four G's on accelerating, five and six G's side forces all the time. And, it, and it's there all the time. It never goes away. So, yeah, you've got to be, you gotta be uh, fit. I think one guy, who, one driver has to go to uh, Taylor's Fernando Alonso because uh, the e, he's got to have at least a 16-plus neck on, on him. Yeah, Nigel Mansell was always the one that used to get me. He'd start the year off with about a, a 16 collar. By the time the year ended, it was about 18 and a half. Uh, yeah, because you got that helmet on top of your head. So, uh, yeah, I mean, these guys have got really, really, really strong neck muscles. Well, David, we certainly appreciate you taking time out with us. Uh, give us a prediction, not, not who's going to win the championship, but give us something or a driver or a team we should look for in Formula 1 this year. Well, I think for the McLaren fans who for the last three years have been fading as the Honda power unit has just not done what anybody hoped, obviously, especially myself being a dealer, I was hoping that Honda would look pretty good. Uh, it looked horrible, and they've gone back to the Renault engine, and I think that... Uh, Alonso and Stoffel von Dorn in the McLaren might surprise a lot of people this year. I hope they do. I really do. And I also hope, hope, hope that the Honda goes well in its new home in the uh, Toro Rosso. That should be interesting uh, coming up here in, a few, in about, I think, three, four weeks, I think, uh, when this uh, airs. And uh, also the, the book, Hobo, will be appearing, but we'll have you on before uh, March, and we'll let the fans know where they can get the, the book coming up in March. Thank you very much, Steve. Always got to do the plugging of the book because we got to sell at least we got to sell more than Brian Redmond, so we got to get on with it. All right, thank you, David Hobbs. You're listening to the Final Inspection Show, Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. And that was a lot of fun. Of course, whenever you get to chat down with uh, Mr. Hobbs, it's a good time. And I'd like to thank uh, the friends at the Murpa Dinner last week in Chicago for a very well-done job there. And i also like to thank uh, Jeff Orlowski for joining the show today, along with Dennis Michelson, Laurie Monroe, of course, uh, John Close with his uh, insight in the world of NASCAR, and then Denny Hartwig from Chicagoland Speedway, and, of course, David Hobbs. You're listening to the Final Inspection Show on 105.7 FM, The Fan. We'll talk to you next week. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.